Radio. Well, another day, another dollar. Good to see you, uh, Nathan, and our special guest, Jason, is here as well. Yes, top of the morning to you, Brendan. It's good to see you. God smiles upon you this morning, oh, you little Brendan, yeah. Oh, it's so good to see you, Brendan. Okay, yeah, it's all fun. I appreciate it. We're doing an Irish movie. It's the day after St. Patrick's Day. I get it. We're just being in a positive mood today, Brendan, because it's right. so special in a movie that we watched with such a, a wonderful, beautiful heart of a love song towards the homeland that's so green, isn't it? We're just trying, trying our hardest to keep the light of this movie alive in our heart for the betterment of mankind, don't you know? Right. Um, so, I mean, are you guys ready? Did you watch the movie? Any trouble finding it? Or No, 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 not at all. In fact, I felt it was a celluloid delight. It's one of these things that really peers into the soul of the filmmaker and makes you understand where he's suffering and coming from. I'll tell you that. And I had no trouble finding it, Brendan, because the movie was such a thing that it appeared out of the very sky, kissed by the face of God himself, and it floated. It floated down from the sky into me hands, Brendan. And it was a digital video disc, but it was in region two, unfortunately. So I had to go download. We oh, All the saints couldn't have said it better. Couldn't have said Jason, honest to goodness, you, it's it's like you, you, were, you were kissed with a piece of the Blarney Stone yourself. <sighs> My mother's always said that, Nathan. She's always said that. God damn it, you're not... Oh, I tell you, oh. Jason, it's like she held you upside down by your ankles yourself, and you smooched this... I, I, it, I'm guessing it had to be at least for a good nigh on two minutes and a half. My mother, my mother, Nathan, my mother, like, like... Uh, like she did with Kimmy's intent. No, my mother was something else. My mother likes like the like the lady herself did with Achilles, dipping him in the river sticks. My mother took me to the greatest meadow in all of Ireland, and she grabbed me by the heel and she dipped me in a field of clover, and I was brought to the top of existence for a boy born in Ireland, and I received a special medal on my 18th birthday from the Irish government. I swear to the that's, Lord that's above, right. if you don't stop this right now, I and am going to... And say, all the saints in heaven, Jason, with all of those, are, they, they obviously have smiled upon ye. Um, oh, smiled you, yeah. And given you the gift of gab, the ability yeah. to talk like this, yeah. and say the most verbose, beautiful vocabulary. No! Uh, no, 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 no! 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 You... No! You... None of you, neither of you are Irish, and nobody talks like this. Oh, we've started him doing it now. Oh, he's getting into it. He's falling into our spell, Nathan. You know when I pick a movie, that's when I'm under pressure now. The question always comes back to me, what were they thinking now? Hardy, hardy, oh no! <laughs> the potatoes, no! Oh boy, um, guys, everybody listening right now, it's the day after St. Patrick's Day. If you're listening to this on the day uh, of its release, so good morning, top yeah. of the morning to you. That's what you mean to say, there, Brendan. Welcome to if you're a St. Patrick's party or the worst day of the year. Uh, the day after St. Patrick's Day. Not if you took to... the day off of work like I did. <laughs> well, we're about to soothe you. We're about to soothe your ears 
with some some easy listen. Yeah, coming up next on the on the station, we got uh, Casey Kasem and the <laughs> the American Top Forty talking about Kenny G. Yeah, and Kenny Loggins, Kenny times two. It's a real Kenny. It's a real Kenny thon. Uh, and then we're gonna watch some old South Park episodes. Uh, but no, <laughs> Kenny Square, <laughs> Kenny Cubed. Um, I'm Brendan, and I'm Nathan. Don't and you know? Is- this is of course a podcast called what were they thinking <laughs> and if you are getting if you're thinking like oh man irish accents will buckle in because you're gonna hear it a lot <laughs> it's 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 gonna be a, it's gonna be a bumpy ride <laughs> we're gonna talk about we're talking about um of course an irish themed film as it is the day after saint patrick's day uh, yo, and let me get nathan prepared is drinking, this. nathan is drinking a guinness uh, we are talking about a release that came out just last year, actually. We're talking about Wild Mountain Time. And joining us, of course, as you heard him earlier, is Jason McLeod, Scotsman to the Bone, joining us for this Irish-themed movie. Hi, folks. How's everybody doing on What Were They Thinking? Just me and Nathan? Well, yeah, just you two, I guess. Oh, okay. Are you guys good? Are you guys okay? Well, I think he may have been talking to our listeners. Oh, well, he said everybody here at What Were They Thinking? I just assumed that was just oh, for us. He was so so Mr. Prendon. He may have also been addressing me. I'm not Irish, but I was yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh that's, the, that's the doctor that they found at the train station in the Railway Children, which is a reference <laughs> to my podcast with Brendan called uh, For Screening Country. Check it out on all your podcatchers. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Think about it. This, it's is, in there. This, this is the good one. This is the one that started it for Brendan. You get out of here with that. Oh, my lovers are fighting again. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk. Yeah, I had him first. But I'm uh, so happy to be here. You know, uh, if you listen to our podcast, you know my love of the Irish and my, my yes. endless desire to poke fun at them. So I'm more than many happy rants. to be here. My, my wife is Irish, so you know my love of the Irish and my desire to poke at them. So th- this could be a fun episode. There might be some tension. So we'll see what happens. Slantia. Well, I do, I do want to start off, guys. This is a, this is a movie written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, and I oh, want to start off me. with a tweet of his. Yeah, who because, is he? Well, John, well, I'll tell you who he is, but let's start off with a tweet of his first, okay. because he tweets some weird things. Okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I just want to get everybody in the mood for this episode All because right. his All tweet right. says, "Sometimes with sudden intensity, you don't want to be touched. You can't bear it. And of course, at that moment, I want to touch you." Hmm. So that this ex, that explains a lot about the dialogue in this movie. <laughs> I don't want to say that sounds rapey, but it's definitely heading down that road, and you can kind of see it in the distance. It sounds a little bit non-consensual. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to make aspersions. That's just one one tweet. You got another one? Uh, like no, but all one? of his tweets are basically like that. Hmm. Well, <laughs> but that is the writer director of this movie, guys. This is, by the way, the same guy who wrote. We're back, a dinosaur story. No, it is it. Wow. Yes. Wow. The same guy who wrote Joe versus the volcano. Oh, uh, huh. cl- classic. Uh, Alice. <laughs> the 2008 film Doubt. He is an Academy Award-winning screenwriter for Moonstruck, and of course, Congo. Hmm. Wow. So, what a career. 
<laughs> that is a, a wild career he's had. That is a lot of peaks and valleys, my friends. Yeah. So he wrote all those movies, but this one he's actually writing and directing. This movie cost five and a half million dollars to make, and it, it it was released in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic, so it so, made about three hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Yeah. Talk about the cast in this movie: the all Irish cast of Emily Blunt, <laughs> Christopher Walken, Jamie Dornan, who actually is Irish. Actually Irish. Um, John Hamm, who at least is playing an American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I think there's some assorted Irish uh, character actors in there as well. And I'll say this. When you told me, or and you gave the, the hint uh, about uh, Christopher Walken in an Irish accent, honest to God, I did not know that this was the movie that we were going to be talking about. I thought we were going to be talking about Last Man Standing, not the Tim Allen sitcom but the bruce willis forgotten action movie uh where christopher walken is part of the irish mafia is he doing an accent in that movie if i'm if i remember correctly he is but i could be misremembering i could be this could be a mandela effect now now brendan nathan mentioned that to me in the pre-show and that blew my fucking head apart not the idea i was already loving the idea that Christopher Walken did an Irish accent in this movie, but then to learn that he did one in a completely different movie before. Wow. I I want to say that this isn't the first time he's done an Irish accent in a movie. (laughs) So that means John Patrick Shanley was like, Hey Christopher, you know, that great accent you did in last man standing. That's why you're getting the job. Yeah. But this this movie is called it's called Wild Mountain Time. Um, it's about a, a land dispute, kind of, between two families. Uh, there is some there is some land that is going to be given up by Christopher Walken uh, before he die or after he dies, and uh, he he doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know if he's going to give it to his son or to his American nephew, played by John Hamm, Madman's John Hamm. Uh, At the same time, the other house, uh, Emily Blunt is living there, and she has a little tiny piece of land that if she sold, they would have like the entire land leading up to the road. And me and in the same time, there's a romance brewing kind of between Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan. And that might sound like a pretty basic setup, but this movie is fucking insane. (laughs) I I believe I uh, I was saying uh, to Jason uh, this movie is incredibly Irish without being uh, Irish sometimes at all. It's a bit, uh, as I as I said to Nathan, I think it's a bit Irish face in some ways. Uh, it's it's really putting on the putting on the lacquer of Ireland with, you know, again, you got some pretty prominent actors in the movie that are not Irish and have varying levels of success with their accent. But would you just, call it green exploitation? Yeah, it's definitely in that genre. I mean, it's not okay. to the point where they're all drunk and beating up each other or anything. Like, it's not quite that obvious, but it, oh, it does man. really have that feeling. See, see, this would have been the movie to call Cloverfield. <laughs> I would, I would have loved to have seen, Agreed. you know, a good like ten, fifteen minute long fight scene, like in The Quiet Man, <laughs> yeah. happen in this, and <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> It's like, um, it's like this movie, this entire movie with its pace and everything, but there's that uh, there's that church scene from Kingsman, like right in the middle, just to punctuate <laughs> everything. 
<laughs> but in in the very Irish tradition, guys, this movie opens just like American Beauty with a Brazilian production companies. Oh, with that too. <laughs> that uh, made me laugh so hard. I was watching it, and there was one after the other, and I'm like, wait. Am I watching a Family Guy? Like, what is this? This is a joke that there's like five production companies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jason, welcome to this podcast where often the, the more production logos, the the lower budget we get, the oh. uh, potential for laughs increase. That's <laughs> lovely. But it does open like American Beauty because we have Christopher Walken narrating who says, hello, I'm dead. <laughs> he does. <laughs> That's my first note, and I was like, this better not progress like American Beauty did. <laughs> I don't want to know. If Emily Blunt is playing the goddamn Mina Suvari role, I'm out. <laughs> but yeah, he says, I'm dead, but here's the story. And apparently, if we, if an Irishman tells a story, he says, um, and he dies in the middle of it, uh, he can't die until he finishes the story? Rest assured, like he'll be back. Yes, exactly. Well, coming, coming soon. <laughs> uh, we learned that the there are two farms the Muldoon farm which is Rosemary again played by Emily Blunt as an adult uh, her mother uh, whose name is spelled A-I-O-F-E uh, yeah and Father Chris and then the other one is are the Rileys we have uh, Tony who is Christopher Walken and his late wife because we don't we see her very briefly uh, Mary and their son, Anthony, played by Jamie Dornan. Now, can we agree that all movies take place in the same universe? Obviously, we can agree to that. Sure. So it, it's, it's an interesting fact. You'll notice that the Muldoon family in this movie are actually distant cousins to Robert Muldoon, who is the big game hunter in uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to tell me that this is uh, Jamie Dornan before he went to America and started uh, getting into some kinky shit. Well, this, this, was, this is what led to it. This, this, was the, this is the origin story that nobody knew about. That twist, that, that twist. If I try an American accent. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Emerald is what you <laughs> the alternate title for this movie. <laughs> um, so we start off when they're kids, and Anthony is Anthony is young Anthony is really into this girl Fiona. Mm. And apparent and he sticks his face in a flower. That that won't that won't come up later. That doesn't mean anything. Like, Don't for, completely forget about it. Uh, and never just pretend it didn't happen. Uh, and he gets pollen on his nose. And Fiona makes fun of him and says he looks like a clown. Looks like a clown. And we don't see this. This is off screen. But apparently, uh, uh, Rosemary is uh, Rosemary uh, comes after Fiona a little bit for that comment. And Anthony pushes her down. And uh, she goes to her father and is very, very quite sad and says, you know, I don't know what my station is in life. Also, I think she's supposed to be like eight years old. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's, like... <laughs> yeah she's having a real existential crisis. Uh, As at that age. Irish eight-year-olds do. Yeah. Jesus. They grow up fast, don't they? Well, as as British Irish eight-year-olds do. <laughs> <laughs> there's also, I mean, there's her thing. And then there's even like, uh, obviously... I mean, we come to find out that uh, uh, Anthony has got his own stuff going on because he utters the line, oh, God, why did you make me so as he's praying one night to a low hanging star? And again, that won't come back later. Don't worry about it, guys. (laughs) I I was zigzag. Honest to goodness, I thought it was going to be something else. And and we (laughs) will get to that when we get to that. It'll be a while. Here's the thing. So when we were initially talking about this movie, I, I had mentioned it to Brendan because I had heard about it. And the only thing I had heard about it when I mentioned it to Brendan was that it has a twist that is a reminiscent of Serenity. Um, the so, one we talked 
yeah so so that was interestingly informed my my watching of this somewhat because i didn't know what was going to happen but i knew there was going to be a twist so i was kind of looking for stuff throughout the whole movie and it never occurred to me that it was going in the way that it did there were a couple signs that might have pointed that way but but yeah uh yeah what it's it's a real Shyamalan type of thing where you can't rewatch it because you'll see all the clues well, it's it's like, think about this. So when this sort of thing is done right, right, you get a movie like Fight Club, right? So when that twist is revealed, now, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Fight Club, I'm going to talk about it, give you a sec. Have you put the headphones down? Are you good? All right, cool. So at the end of Fight Club, when we learn that they're the same person, right, we have those flashes of seeing the movie, you know, little scenes like indicating of how that played out. And it's like, oh, okay, that 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 change, that, that twist, then recontextualizes everything I've already seen, and it's very satisfying and interesting. But this movie doesn't do that. There's this crazy twist, but it doesn't really recontextualize everything that happened. And you wonder, why did they go that route? There was a million different things they could have done. Why'd they pick that one? <laughs> I, I agree, though, that it, there's like maybe one or two things early in the movie that connect to it, but not like it doesn't really fully form. But anyway, Rosemary is feeling very down and she's about her station in life when her father comes over, who looks like an angry Irish Michael Keaton. And he uh, he starts I playing. That too. <laughs> Thank you. He starts playing Swan Lake for her, and he says, "You know, you are and my Swan." And he uses swan. that record player wrong. Does he? <laughs> yes, he does because he loads the record player up on the, the the spindle in the middle of it. Okay, and then he brings the arm over and places it on top of the record, which is the way you're supposed to use that type of record player. Hmm. But there's also a button on the side that you pull down. And when you do that, it releases the record onto the turntable as it spins, brings the arm over, and then places it ever so gently on the quarter flash so as to start the record playing automatically so you don't have to place the uh, the record arm, uh, the, the needle directly onto the record. The whole thing does it for you. So when he did that with his own hand, I was like, that's it, I'm out. Right, this movie doesn't make a lick of sense. The rest Nerd. of this episode is going to just Nerd. be me, Jason, because Nathan stopped watching the movie at this point. Uh... I think we found the guy that writes the goof sections at IMDb. How <laughs> <laughs> this thing get greenlit? There's a script supervisor that is uh, a, now a target. <laughs> I hope somebody get fired over that. <laughs> Title card. Wild Mountain Time pops up on the screen. It's the night of Chris Muldoon's funeral. So we got our first parent death. Prepare yourself because there's going to be like four of them. <laughs> uh, we got our first parent death. It is an oh. Irish movie. That's pretty light. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Tony like, tells his uh, t- Tony and, and I was just going to say Christopher Walken. <laughs> Christopher Tony Walken and Tony. And, uh, oh, yeah. The names in this thing. There's like Mary Wait. and Rosemary and Tony and Anthony. Like give them different he, names for fuck's sake. Is he Anthony like, like, like on Sopranos? Like Anthony. Or is he like Anthony? Like, uh, like uh, you know, like uh, Mark Anthony? It's Anthony. Like it's Anthony. Okay. Because we actually, J- Jason and I also discussed this because he, he thought it was weird that there was an Irishman named Anthony. Yeah. And I was like, apparently it's actually a thing because a lot of Italians emigrated to Ireland way way back and well it makes sense i mean there's a lot seen, of italian catholics you ever have you ever seen in the name of the father brennan i have not daniel day lewis his, his dad's name is giuseppe conlin so yeah you said don't, that name be careful yeah don't say that name because he, he could pop up at any given moment here who Austin. giuseppe conlin no daniel day lewis <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> we haven't seen giuseppe conlin we've been looking for him but he hasn't popped up yet 
Mm. Just be careful. He's he's like the he's like the fucking candy man. <laughs> just pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> Nobody's got a mirror, right? Like an RKO. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, it's very it's a very Irish scenario. Uh we're all at home. There's crusted up chimneys, everyone's cold, their legs are locked up, you know, it's very sad and funny at the same time and Irish. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, we have uh, Christopher Walken having this, uh, this this crisis where he says, I don't know if I want to leave the farm to, to my son, Anthony, Jamie Dornan, when I die, because he's not the Marion type. And I think he's going to be a bachelor for his whole life. I don't think he's going to have kids. I don't think he's going to get married. And then there's going to be there, there, he's not going to pass this through the generations uh, uh, to, to the to, you know, th- throughout to keep this thing going. He also makes the point to say that he doesn't feel that his son, uh, Anthony, is a farmer. Yeah. Uh, that he takes more after his mother's side of the family, who were apparently from fisherman stock. Yes. So I was going to also... say from fish stock, but uh, that may would make her sound like some sort of weird aqua person. And this movie <laughs> does not have Jason Momoa in it. No, not not in this one. Maybe the sequel. Does he catch Anthony. a fish? Does he catch a fish at all in this movie? No, I know. Never, tr- I didn't give you goes fishing once. Yeah. No, but they talk about they talk about his grandfather because Christopher Walken's constantly referring to him being a Kelly, not a Riley, and that his grandfather um, believed himself to be a fish and mm. tied a weight around his neck and jumped in the water. By the way, oh. guys, just keep that oh. in mind. Yeah, don't. Yeah, no, no, that, no, that means nothing. Don't worry about it. it means nothing. That's <laughs> just a, yeah. Didn't um, didn't think about that one. So anyway, so Rosemary is outside grieving and smoking her pipe, which by the way, mm. Emily Blunt smoking that pipe is is great. She's great pipe smoker. I gotta Stop say, gross, a Brendan. plus. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm just saying a pipe. You're the gross one. But yeah, she's out there smoking her pipe, and Jamie Dornan comes out and visits her, and you know they they take a look at a sick bull. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> this movie is is so Irish. I mean, come on. <laughs> he says, well, I mean, yeah, it's I just so Irish him for worms. And he says, like, you know, we should call the vet. And she's like, she says something along the lines of, like, well, it's good to be, it's going to be just as expensive tomorrow morning. Why don't you just wait? She does tell a really great story as to why her mother won't drink from a glass. Yes. Because she once gave her a glass of water that I don't know if it was her dad or if it was her granddad had set his um, dentures in. So that when she drank, she drank from the glass, it tasted like teeth. So now she has this idea that whenever she drinks from a glass, all glasses taste like teeth. Yeah. And that's, that, that is one of the more realistic feeling things in this movie because I have relatives that have issues that are based on things like that. Uh, I had a grandmother who wouldn't true. drink. Yeah, she wouldn't drink from a dark bottom mug because she, quote unquote, couldn't see the bottom. <laughs> I was like, Dan, if there's no more tea left in it, guess what? You've hit yeah. the bottom. <laughs> and here I am separating my potatoes and meat on my plate thinking I'm weird. You're not weird. You don't want the right. food to touch it. You can avoid Perfectly it. Perfectly fine for you to follow cash root. I mean, Irish cash root. I mean... <laughs> Well, while this is happening, we always we also meet a character just uh, referred to as Bad News Cleary, who comes over. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, or he he gets a great part, a great bit here because he tells Emily Blunt her horse has escaped again, and then she, and then Jamie Dornan is like, "Do you want to come in and comfort uh, comfort her mom because her dad just died?" And he's like, "No, I don't. Good night." <laughs> um, and again, again, that rings true too because there are those people that in a small community that are just. 
All all they live for is delivering bad news. To people. You know what? I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna I, I I feel like I should have done this right at the first of the episode, but I feel that us being where we're at in Canada and being all three of us as white as mayonnaise, mm-hmm. that this a lot of this stuff kind of that will ring true mm. with as far as the personalities and stuff go. So the idea that you know the things that happen in this movie are I don't know, clunky or odd or things like that. I I I, I didn't have a problem. I'm I'm spoiling the, the the not taking our word for it section, but I really didn't have a much of a problem with this movie because of just that. Like a hmm. lot of it didn't didn't bother me. Like of course there's somebody in town that just loves to give bad news. Yeah. Because every time somebody comes back home to visit here, the first thing they get is an earful of everybody who's sick or died. Yep. Every time I see my my beloved grandmother, uh, Grandma Jean, I love you, Grandma Jean. If you're listening and you're not, God, I hope you're not. But, please, uh, please don't, <laughs> please don't. But uh, every time I go home, that is one of the things she will always give me a rundown of uh, what's going on, where she's living, who's uh, who's moved in, who's died. Uh, you know, oh, do you remember Mary? I'm like Mary. Who the fuck's Mary? Oh, you know Mary. She used to live down on Prince Street. I used to take you there for tea occasionally. Yeah, no, she passed away. Oh yeah, how old was she? 107. <laughs> How tragic! Seven, it must have been a murder. Cut yeah. down in the prime of her life, she was. Yes. <laughs> so the next day, uh, Rosemary is out by the lake, and she sees Anthony standing on a boat, swatting at the air with his oar, <laughs> talking to nothing. Which you know, kind of weird, kind of weird to see. Oh, she's she's also doing her best horse cursor impression. Oh yeah, get back here, you shite horse! Well, she's yeah. like, we easy. Oh, sweetheart, it's okay. Come with me. And then the horse is like, fuck that noise and runs away. And she's like, you gobshite mother son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah you gobshite horse, something like that. I will say right now, um, her Irish accent is do- is a little dodgy, but like it's certainly better than Christopher Walken's yeah, Irish yeah. accent. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's somewhere, I think he's somewhere on the road to, to just doing John Voight and Anaconda and just making up an accent. It's not quite, it's not there. It's not to that extent, but I feel like he's on that path. Good Lord. Um, so, so after Anthony falls in the water because Rose, Rosemary calls out to him, uh, he goes on the land and he's talking very poetic about, you know, about Ireland and all that stuff. And he tells her like, you know, you should leave Ireland because Ireland is terrible and you're no, no, a no, great no, no. person. I believe he says you should vacate well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, come you... on. One of the big qualms that uh, that we're gonna probably run into when we start when we're doing the the reviews is about the clunky and odd sounding dialogue. Mm. So let's let's try to do our best to remember the actual words okay, that were used. I'll just say this then: there was a lot of dialogue. So if I do forget something, just let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't have um, a lot of quotes here. <laughs> we did find, boys. We did find around this point a new uh, tourism. Uh, slogan that I believe Ireland is going to start using uh, and the signs can put posters up and ads and such and it's just going to say Ireland a terrible place for a decent person <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to go there but I'll tell you this any anytime Anthony gets poetic uh, Rosemary wants that dick she does yeah because she says something along the lines of like oh when he speaks like that I have to have him I must confess and she, she tells that to her she horse say she's still besotted Something like that. Because, I, yeah, they at one point they they say that she's besotted with love. Yeah, and I was like, yep, that's that's yep, okay. 
I feel like her attraction to him is on a on a bit of a curve in this movie. Like I know obviously they have a relationship long since they were kids and everything, but like at the beginning of the movie, she's just like, yeah, I'm willing to marry him if it means uh, he could get the land. But as the movie goes on, that interaction starts to increase and increase and increase. By the time we get to the end of it, where she's just going to the paint, mm-hmm. trying well, to. No, I mean, this, but they I mean, even say point, it. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just. I mean, at this point, every time he gets poetic, she wants him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it does this thing, her and him and several other people in this movie, where they don't actually get, they don't want to get down to brass tacks and talk about what's yeah. what's really bothering them or, or what can be done to fix the situation. And there's a line, I don't know if it's here or if it's it's much, might be much later in the movie, but uh, someone actually says, "We're not a we're not a very direct people." Yeah, I think it might have been Rosemary that says that too. Yeah, or it may have even been that woman on the plane because John Hamm is. Yeah. that's his question throughout. It's like, why, why do the Irish need to make everything so fucking complicated? And, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to John like, well, Hamm. That's who we are. We'll get to John Hamm. Cut to Anthony Jamie Dornan uh, getting into a little bit of an argument with with his dad Christopher Walken oh, because he gets a, a piece let's of not mail. Forget, hold on, before he gets that piece of mail, he gets the mail, doesn't read the mail, but. Literally won't harm a fly, but it's not. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. I don't know why you're mentioning that, Nathan. That's not gonna. I know it's just kind of a throwaway that, thing. That I thought it was. He's being quirky. It. Yeah, he's just yeah. a quirky quirk. That Jamie it's, Dornan won't hurt a fly. I mean, that makes sense. It's fine. I, I read he's like a gentle giant. Yeah, he's, he's like not, a giant. He's not that tall, but he's, you know, he's of, of average height and weight. <laughs> he's a gentle miniature giant. <laughs> so an, an average sized person. <laughs> yeah. But he, but he let that that fly or bee or whatever you want to call it go because he's so cold steve austin the mini giant <laughs> six foot two <laughs> um so, but yeah exactly so after that little bit with the fly um christopher walken gets a a, a message an, an email i was gonna say an email he gets a letter from yeah. his american nephew adam who will later find out is played by john ham and uh, he doesn't want to open the letter in front of him. He's very hesitant about it. And we're like, uh-oh, what's going on? It seems like he he's thinking about potentially giving the farm to Adam instead of Jamie Dornan. <gasps> and the, 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 the stinger of their argument is where uh, Christopher Walken yells, Then get a wife! <laughs> get a wife! <laughs> get a wife! <laughs> Just any wife. Um, so, so basically he, he wants, he, you can keep the farm, just enter into some sort of marriage of convenience. Exactly. Yeah. It's not 2020. Don't worry about it. Which again, uh, made me think that the twist was going to be something else. Yeah. I, I, I gave up guessing at some point because I didn't, I, I was, I was fully on board <laughs> the, the Stonewall, uh, train, uh, for that twist. And that's not what happened. Well, Anthony um, decides at this point, well, I better I better try proposing. So he practices with a donkey. And, of course, bad news. Or an ass. Doing this. <laughs> or, or, uh, yeah. Proposing to an ass. Proposing to an ass. And bad news. Cleary catches him and says, hey, you know, your dad is selling the farm to your American nephew. Also, are you going to marry that donkey? Bye. Yeah. <laughs> he like, chases him across the field. Um, Rosemary finds out about this whole ordeal and she starts confronting Christopher Walken and oh. she says, listen, is it, is, if it, if it takes a long time, I don't care. I'll freeze my eggs. <laughs> did we, did we talk about that little portion of land? Yeah. Oh yes, please. Let's do that. You, you alluded to it in the opening, but yeah. Cause Rosemary uh, owns the little portion of land cause her dad gave it to her when she was like 10 years old. Right. There's this, there's this really great 
exchange, in my opinion, anyways, where Christopher Walken, uh, where Tony, is, is, he actually is he's considering doing some sort of roundabout proposal to Rosemary's mother now that her husband has shuffled off this mortal coil because he wants this section, this little ditch section of land because there are two gates there that have to be kept closed at all times. And this little section of land separates their house from the road. And if they own that because he actually gave that little section up, Christopher Walken did, or maybe it was even before that. It might have been his dad that did it. Mm-hmm. They can't close the gates. And they always have to get out, open one gate, drive the car forward, open another gate, close and it's it's a big rigmarole. So he wants it, and she tells him, Chris, uh, Rosemary's mother tells Anthony, uh, tells I Tony. don't Tony. Sorry, it's it's short for Christopher Anthony. Walken. Christopher Walken. Walken. Well, I mean, so, Anthony is Jamie Dornan. That's what I mean. They should have just picked a different name. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, she says to him that I, of course, yes, I own the farm, but I don't own that bit of land. Uh, her father. Gave that to her when she was 10. Yeah. So it is absolutely incumbent upon either Christopher Walken or Jamie Dornan to get that piece, a little bit of land from Emily Blunt. Right. Just just to point out, um, he does explain, uh, Tony, later in the movie, that he had sold that land to Muldoon for 200 pounds so that he could buy a gold ring for his wife because he'd had that moment in the field where he'd heard the voice and he finally like realized that he actually loved his wife because he hadn't felt anything for her before. And he used that money to go get the ring. And it just, it's just the whole idea though. The idea it's like you sold the right away and he bought it from you. Clearly he bought it from you as like a gesture to be like, I'm going to give you 200 pounds for something. I'm not just going to give it to you. But like, it's just such a strange thing to sell the right of way. It's like, okay, so now you're at the mercy of him to get to the road. Now I get it in Ireland and places like that. You got some right away. You're allowed to cross that stuff. Here it'd be different. You probably have to fight over it, but still, it's very strange. It's very strange. Or people but, just build it into the alley, and then the the city is like, you know what? That alley's not a thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me so, yeah, excited. So, <laughs> so at this point, yeah, Rosemary's arguing with uh, Christopher Walken, and she's saying like, you know, I freeze my eggs. I freeze my eggs if it means I get a, if I have to wait for them long enough to have kids. Like I'll wait. I don't care. And he's like, no, no, no. I want to give it to. I want to give it to someone else. It's not going to work out. So in order to maybe change his mind, they go to an Irish pub and mm. they uh, there's a talent show going on. And Emily Blunt, we get to hear her dulcet tones. She's a very good singer. Was um, it her? She, I'm, I'm guessing it was her because, I mean, she did all her own singing in that Mary Poppins movie. So I'm sure it was her. But and she's singing uh, the, the title song, guys, mm-hmm. Wild Mountain Time. But, uh, uh, Anthony, um, who everybody figured everybody figured he would be at the bar, is not. He's at another bar, hitting on some barfly. Uh, barflies are hitting on him. Well, I mean, he's not saying no. He's not saying no, but she was absolutely the aggressor in that situation. <laughs> Uh, but then nothing really happens there. They just kind of go and hang out on a ledge. He whispers something to her about his secret and then says, there's a tininess in my brain. And when she hears his secret, she doubles over in laughter and falls off the ledge, which at first I thought, oh, my God, did they just kill her off? <laughs> but she laughs at his secret, which, I mean, I guess his secret probably won't come up, though. No, never. Yeah. It certainly can't mean anything. 
Um, after that, we do meet Adam, played by John Ladies Hamm. Ladies and gentlemen, John Hamm. Ba -ba -da -ba. <laughs> my only disappointment here is that i my only disappointment here is that i really wanted to see him play an irishman just to hear his attempt at an accent yeah i would like that <laughs> um and and he's a he's a real he's a real city slicker because he shows up and they're like hey we're gonna we're gonna take you over to the farm and he's like you know what i'll just rent a car i'm a fast moving city type that's how we know the difference. The movie tells us that way. A rolls. He gets a rolls. Talk about a flex. <laughs> yeah. I like the. I, you know what? I, I want to know what kind of fucking rental dealerships yeah. <laughs> are in that airport that he can rent a Rolls Royce and, at the airport. Absolutely. And and if you're renting a Rolls Royce at the airport, surely you're paying the kind of money that it's going to include its own driver. Yeah. Can I rent the most expensive car you have? Oh, yeah, sure. We'll just rent you this half a million pound car. Why not? Here you go. <laughs> uh, so the, he goes over to the farm, Adam does, and uh, he gives Anthony a present. He gives Jamie Dornan a present. It's a white raincoat. And Jamie Dornan looks at it like as if he's never seen a white raincoat before in his life. He's like, I don't well, know what this is. I think the idea is the fact that he works on a farm. And what's the point of giving you a white anything if you work yeah. on a farm? It's true. I, I do think, though, there's a moment where he looks at it, where he genuinely looks confused as to what this actually is. It's disdain, <laughs> I think, is the well, word you're looking for. Um, but yeah, it's so so. He, and then Adam goes over to, to to speak with Rosemary, and he's super flirty and super <laughs> in her face. He's like, I, love, I want you to sell me that land. I want you to sell me that land. I love her, one of her lines here, when she says. You're a little confrontational. I was like, what did she call him? <laughs> <laughs> You're confrontational. You're confrontational. <laughs> um, and she, and this you know, is another word to them. They don't, they don't <laughs> worry about that stuff. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's not, it's, it doesn't have the same effect as it does over here. It's just another word for the British Irish. <laughs> um, he goes hard on the flirting. He's like, you should come to New York with me and go see the Lion King. And she's like, I don't want to see the Lion King. I want to see the ballet. <laughs> and then he has the audacity to say, I don't know what it is with you people. You people, John Ham? I mean, really? Really? Canceled. Wow. Canceled John Ham. you people. <laughs> Demeaning our fine Irish friends. It's ridiculous. Yes. So that, while this is happening, by the way, Jamie Dornan has a metal detector out on the field and just waving that thing around. We don't know why yet. And 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 the funny thing is, Emily Blunt is just like, oh, he's just really shy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> he's really shy. So what he does is he goes out in the field and just starts using a metal detector. He's really I mean, shy. And, and and then John Hamm says he, he says the line uh, along the lines of uh, well you could call it that I suppose and it's like is that a clue or is this a clue to what he really is like that was my reaction his reaction to that was my reaction to yeah. that I guess that's a, a word you can say right now yeah. and then he ends up taking his, uh, uh, Anthony ends up taking uh, Adam uh, mushroom picking. Yeah, well, doesn't he t take him over to like feed the cows or something too? And he's like, yes. "You're not a you. You don't want to be a farmer. You just want to own a own farm." A farm. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, "That's the movie logline right there." Well, and there's some deep historic uh, his, uh, history there too, because you know there was a lot of like 
issues during the occupation of Ireland by the British, of them owning farms and employing the Irish serfs, basically. And, the, you know, there's a lot of shit, a lot of history in that one line. And this you just is, want to own the farm, you fucking aristocrat. This scene or the next scene is where we get that we're not a direct people. Yes. And, and I, I actually about, noted that, and I was like, that is probably one of the truest things I've ever heard the Irish. We're about to encounter some tragedy here, too, folks. Because uh, we, we, we know that uh, Rosemary's mom is not in the best of health, nor is Christopher Walken's character. Um, and Rosemary's mom is suddenly rushed to the hospital in, in the narrowest hospital hallway I've ever seen. Like, I know that I, I know it's possible, but like, holy shit, film wise, I was like, <laughs> how did you fit the crew in there? <laughs> well, when your diet's potatoes, you don't tend to put on a lot of weight. So I know what you're talking about. They're full of starch. Yeah, it's all starch, Jason. Yeah, but if that's all you're eating. All right, that's it. I'm throwing down the gauntlet right now. Jason is going on the 30-day potato challenge. Eat nothing but potatoes. I want to see how big you get. No, no, no. See, that's the thing. The reason why is because, yeah, you're eating nothing but potatoes, but you're drinking nothing but whiskey and beer. So you're getting the the hangover runs that's taking care of all the potato weight. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. The Irish had it figured out. Follow us ago. for more life hacks. Guys, do not follow our diet plans. Please. I party O'Malley's Irish weight loss plan. I'm party O'Malley here to tell you about the easiest fucking way that you can lose those pounds that you can pack it on your butt. And you thought I was going to be the problem here. <laughs> <laughs> so Rosemary's mother passes away. She she dies. And because of this, because of this tragic moment, uh, Christopher Walken basically has a change of heart and tells Adam, I can't sell you the farm. I can't do that. I can't be the reason that uh, Anthony and uh, Rosemary don't end up together. So he's because, like, I'm leaving. The- because God would fault me. Exactly. So he's leaving the farm to Jamie Dornan, who uh, I'm assuming he will then convert it into his sex room. <laughs> not not, not one soon. of those. Thank God. Um, by the way, later on, when Emily Blunt was like, take a look at this room I have in my house, I was like, this is it. This is the setup. This is how it starts. <laughs> but then again, but but then later on, we see that Christopher Walken is not doing so well either. And he's on an oxygen tank. And uh, and and he wants to smoke his pipe. He's like, take me off the oxygen. I just want to smoke my pipe. Again, super Irish. Yeah. Um, he also says, he, he, I just want to point out something, okay. a connection to a movie we previously talked about, Nathan, because he looks at the sky and says, my daddy, my daddy. And all I could think of was Charlie Sheen and Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> daddy? And that's the thing. You know, that's the thing. Like, they, they, that is a, a way that the that Irish folks would refer their their fathers, male or female. Would say daddy, and, and actually would also say mammy for for mothers. Mm. And that's mm. just the way it is. But we think of it in a North American context. I mean, you think daddy. You're obviously you're thinking uh, Charlie Sheen and Red Dawn. And when you say the word mammy, obviously Al Jolson. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, when did this turn into Gone with the Wind? Right? See, in, in in North America, the only place I think that you can actually get away with calling somebody daddy is if you're a super fat dude who lives in like Alabama and like you won't talk to my daddy. You gotta talk to my daddy. You live down eat down the down gas station. You can talk to my, my daddy. But you won't you won't talk to my daddy. My daddy used to run the White House. My daddy did. <laughs> oh, Eric, it's good to see you. <laughs> no, Dad, Dad, there's somebody wants to talk to you, Dad. 
<laughs> That's Eric. It's Eric undercover as an Alabamian. But anyway, yeah, so Christopher Walken, he passes away. He dies in this scene. Um, a, but there is a great bit where he talks about the, the where he's having the pipe and Jamie doesn't want to give it to him because obviously he's on the oxygen. He's like, the nurse will, will smell it. And Christopher Walken, her, her, her perfume is, is, smells way worse. Yeah. And, he, and but I, I essentially took this scene as like as soon as they took him off the oxygen, that was basically like him being like, it's just a matter of time at this point. Yes. He's like, I'm not fighting it anymore. Just let me enjoy my last few days or last few moments or whatever it is. But he, he, that's when we get regaled with the the story of how he didn't love Anthony's mother at first. Yes, and that's the whole thing where he, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, in the field and it spoke to him and et cetera. Um, and then when he's, after they did that, they apparently fucked all over the house. Everywhere! <laughs> Christopher Walken, not Al Pacino. Oh, we I... did. We fucked everywhere. So you went to I Al Pacino. Mean, I went to Gary Oldman. I went to Gary Oldman in The Professional, where he's like, uh, round up everyone. Uh, everyone, sir? Everyone! <laughs> oh, boy. So um, after this, Anthony goes over to see Rosemary, and this is after Walken's character has died, and uh, they start conversing a little bit, and he finds out she's very independent, and she can do a lot of her own stuff, and she's she's cut her own, uh, she's cutting her own turf, goddammit, and uh, he says, like, well, what's the role of men in society now anyways? And I'm like, easy, buddy, calm down. Now, let's, let's be fair, not to be fair, but let's be fair, let's you're talking about... We're talking about, uh, you know, parochial Irish. We're not talking about being in like an urban city center. A, a lot of times, I mean, it'd be like having this conversation with somebody from, you know, rural New Brunswick, griping and moaning about how the the roles of gender and men and women have changed. And it's like, yeah, but that's how it is. You're gonna have to deal with it. Sorry. Mm. That's that's <laughs> what I mean, though. That's what I mean. I I, I hear I hear this in modern speak and i'm just like i don't care <laughs> Look, get with get with it or don't like not much i can tell you yeah uh but yeah so he's like you know you get all your independence so it's the point of me and he's she's like oh no there's a great deal of purpose for men and they go into this big long conversation they talk Ooh. about stew and sheep <laughs> and they're all just sitting around in front of this stone wall i'm like are they literally waiting for godot <laughs> <laughs> He shows up in the next act, I believe. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point... Orgo he... just showed up. <laughs> Never mind that shit. Here comes Godot. <laughs> he just shows up and punches a horse in the face. <laughs> what does that mean? Who knows? And he walks away. <laughs> Think about it, brother. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so Anthony at this point is like, no, listen, Rosemary, I told you once, I'll tell you again. You need to leave. You need to leave Ireland. And she's like, you know what? Maybe I will leave Ireland. You need to vacate this country. Sorry, vacate this country. And she's like, maybe I will. So she decides to go to New York for one day. One day. In, in I actually great... have this, this noted here as an RKO to NYC. <laughs> out of nowhere, out of she nowhere. goes well, to NYC. How rich, can, how rich is she? I, well, you know what? It's 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 funny that you say that because it would actually be cheaper for her to go to from Ireland to New York City 
than it would be for you or I or Jason to fly from here to British Columbia. We are closer to Ireland than we are the other side of our country. So so when she makes that decision and then we cut to the plane, did you notice that she kind of like walks out the door and she just kind of like starts walking toward the field as if she's going to like take off and fly to America herself? Yeah, yeah. she does her Swan Lake Ballet thing. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like cut to the, they're on that Irish plane. I mean, I'm assuming she flew. Which sounds dirty every time I say it. What was it, Aer Lingus? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it does sound dirty. Mm, I like that. That's, that's like that's the name of the uh, of the, the the national one of the national airlines in Ireland. Airlingus. Is that is that just when you like blow on it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rated number one for service among all airlines. Get one of those like little hand fans with a mister. Just blow on my gina, you dirty arsehole. <laughs> we are gonna get the people get unsubscribed in Ireland, left, right, and center days. Nah. It's from the Maritimes, so we're just we're like you, but Canadian. We're yeah, doing, exactly. We're, we, we, we feel it. We're making this podcast just as Irish as this movie was. Okay, that's right. <laughs> we say this out of love. We're just as Irish as Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Um. So so she goes to New York for the day. She goes to hang out with Adam. He does take her to the ballet. Um. He he actually. She she gets quite emotional at the ballet, and he says, oh, you're beautiful when you – I almost did the Irish accent, but he's American. <laughs> he says, oh, you're beautiful when you cr- you cry. You look you look so gorgeous or whatever, which is like, okay, John Hamm, yeah. calm down. Uh, and then no, he don't like, calm down. You don't calm down when you got a Colleen on the line. <laughs> you reel her in. You tell her everything she wants to hear. I'll tell you this. Um, I, I will – I'm never going to Ireland by myself because my marriage would end. <laughs> as soon as like a canadian six talks to me with an irish accent she's immediately a 10 <laughs> oh she's well, so foreign go. and different right a little insight into the into the mind of nathan spaller <laughs> she doesn't listen to this she never listens to any of our podcasts so i'm fine she's like i think i'll just listen to this one to start no <laughs> no, Frank, no, i've said the same thing when we watched mrs brown's boys and uh uh mark's wife uh comes in oh my god i can't, no, I can't even... yeah do you, do you know that that uh, mrs brown that's a dude yeah i do i'm not talking about mrs okay. brown All right. i'm talking about the lady no judgment no judgment i'm just saying who plays uh his uh his hers uh daughter-in-law mm. What the the mm. one who's got that that really fucking crazy thick Irish accent? Mm. She's from deep in the country, right? Mm. Uh, speaking of New York City, uh, so John Ham, <laughs> just John Ham kisses her as well, and she's quite rattled. Um, and uh, she she quickly goes back to Ireland. She's very rattled. She is incredibly rattled. She's rattled to the point where I was wondering, does she think that him kissing her is impregnated her? Because that's the kind of reaction she had. Like, she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, like what have you done the world? What did you do? She's like, don't yeah. you know I'm married to Jim Halpert? Yeah. <laughs> and we get a bunch of weird, like, avant shots of weird, almost like they would almost like be like a. They would they would not be out of place in an Andy Warhol movie. Mm. Um, and we get and and the music at this point starts to ramp up because guys, this is where the movie in the last little bit here starts to get really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because 
so back in Ireland, Jamie Dornan gets a call, and we know that it's from Adam. And uh, we don't hear the call, but we know he's calling him to, to tell Adam know that he's in love with uh, Rosemary. And he's coming to Ireland to find a bride, obviously Rosemary. And uh, Anthony's like, yeah, yeah, cool. We could set that up. Uh, you thinking 3.30-ish? All right, I'll pick you up at the airport. <laughs> so he goes off and th- okay so there's a lot of scenes in this movie too where it rains all the time which is like fine mm. but well, and point- then there's ones where people just dump buckets of water on people yes. and call it rain yes i was just about to say that there are scenes when it rains and there are scenes where it clearly is like funneling rain onto yeah. them <laughs> like, yeah. it looks like the fakest rain i've ever seen um and i wrote it and this music isn't in, is like intense like it, it's like i'm watching jfk or something like it just keeps ramping up and ramping up back into the left back into the left um rosemary is like tells anthony to open up her shutters for some reason and then she's like come in the house come in the house it's so wet you're going to get so so wet and damp and then his dog comes on we didn't mention his dog because he doesn't really factor into the movie a whole lot but he does have a dog and the dog is brought in as well the dog is very adorable by the way is it his dog or is it her dog it's his dog because it's at the house with him and uh walking and remember early in the movie remember when he says like he can't even care for a dog okay yeah um, so uh, there is, while this is happening, there's also a bunch of scenes with John Hamm on a plane talking to some lady. Yeah, John yeah. Hamm on a plane, the, the the rejected Sam Jackson movie idea before Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> <laughs> Get I, this I did motherfucking th- John Hamm out the fucking door. <laughs> he's got a suit and he's looking good. <laughs> We're pretty sure he's DB Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he wears underwear. <laughs> and uh He's sitting next to this this Irish lady um, who he starts talking to about farming. And she's like, you're not a farmer. And he's like, how, well, how do you know that? And her words are, you don't have hands that look like feet. <laughs> yeah. Was, there was her super Irish way of saying you don't have calloused hands. Yeah, you clearly you clearly do no work. <laughs> yeah, my dad, my dad shoot horses for thirty years, and the man has fucking hands that tell you that he did it. That would be an easy way to to see that for sure. <laughs> so while that's going on, while uh, John Hamm is speaking, uh, chatting with a seatmate. Um, the rain is coming down hard. Anthony, Jamie Dornan is in the house with Rosemary. And Jason, you mentioned this earlier, but she is like, just to say that she's putting it out there would be an understatement. She is like, listen, I am woman. You are man. Yeah. Make this happen. Simple math. Why aren't yeah. we doing this? For not so, a very direct people, she is quite direct in this. So, so she has just had it. This is the real Emily Blunt coming out and saying, listen, I'm British, not Irish. Let's just fuck. Being, what so is she being? She's being a little blunt <laughs> thank you thank you i'll get my coat so he shows up but before he shows up briefly we see her walking around the house and we hear a voice coming from the distance that says anthony anthony and i'm pretty sure it's not her saying it no and i was wondering if that would tie into something later and i don't think it did i thought she was gonna have someone tied up in a room somewhere yeah i think yeah, it, was, it's a, it was i think it was supposed to be like the the voice in the field yeah, yeah okay but then, so she gets him into the house, and, and this turns into a type of scene that, that it's not played this way, but the setup of this scene, if you edited it differently, you could probably turn this into a good, like, really tense horror scene. Like, it feels <laughs> like she's getting ready to, like, do something fucking terrible to him, but it's not. It's more of, like, her trying to figure out what's going on, trying to present herself, trying to be, get his attention, to get him Dude. to ask her. Dude, I thought, I thought, I swear to you, I thought that the twist might have been that she was going to poison him. 
Yeah. And take the land. I really thought that for a second. I was that like, would have been cool. I was like, she has some kind of deed. She has some <laughs> kind of fine print in this where she's going to poison him. He's going to die. She'd be like, oh, no, so sad. Oh, I guess I get all the land now. If that movie had ended like that, holy shit. And we but, end up like a shot of her face and she like kind of smiles and winks and turns around and walks away. And she's got like a, a, a sack of money. Oh, she's yeah. all, don't forget. She's also plying him with the drink. Yes. Guinness, yes. Yeah. Trying to get him drunk. She's getting, she's like, drink this Guinness. And he's like, I have to go to the airport. And then she finally gets it out of him. Why he's going to the airport. And she's like, wait a second. So you're going to the airport to pick up that Adam dude. And you told him that like, I would make a good bride. Are you his, are you like a pimp? <laughs> like, are you trying to pimp me out to him? Basically, right? Yeah. She's like, I don't, I don't think I like this, <laughs> this arrangement. Um, also, it, I'm walking around my kitchen in this little dress and I'm making you food. What more oh, do I have to do? Oh, but he is, but he's doing his best to keep the mood super Irish because at one point, with all the rain that's going on, he actually says it's a perfect day to hang yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then but she then, starts going into how depressed she is and she shows yeah. him like a room where she keeps a shotgun. And his dad's like, shotgun who was constantly shooting crows. And we learn later the reason he was shooting at the crows was because they had lost a child and he was shooting in the air and the crows just happened to be there. Yeah. Which, by but the anyway, way, she just... shows him the shotgun and 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 they're like – and he's like, have you ever thought about using it? And she's like, of course I do. I think about it all the time. I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm like, where's this movie going? I, so I Irish. Ghost. Did I misremember this? I thought she said, like, uh, he's like, why do you have a loaded shotgun? She's like, oh, I keep it in case I'm depressed. Yeah, yeah, that's what yep. she says. Yeah, that's what she says. Yep. <laughs> that's a dark that, line. That's a, again, that's another that's another time I came back into the guessing the twist game and I said, someone's a ghost. Yeah. Someone's yeah. got to be a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, that would make sense why Jamie Dornan is, like, not looking for anything. Because if he's a ghost, like, why would he want? But then how did Christopher Walken see him? And it's I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But um and then she asks him at one point straight out if he's gay yep she yeah. says are you a homosexual and he's like <laughs> no 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 i'm not gay are you and not i gay? honest to god thought that was going to be the twist because <laughs> there's gay. so many things in this movie that kind of put it out i mean not to generalize or stereotype but he's kind of a flighty kid he likes you know prancing in flowers he even says god why did you make me so yeah right so which is something i'm sure a lot of gay kids especially ones who would have been like in the the 80s when i'm assuming he grew up because of you know the time difference would have been saying especially in religiously conservative ireland Unfortunately, right? there are many repressive societies, and this is one of them, probably one of the biggest ones. And yeah, exactly. It would have totally made sense if that was the twist. Right. That would have made sense. <laughs> now, while it we're is discussing, not, though, still to come. It's still coming up. While um, we're discussing it, though, I just want to I just want to say my my theories on the twist going into this at this point were one of two things and similar, but but different. The one, he this was like a St. Elsewhere simple jack type story where it turns out that he's like this mentally challenged kid and this is all like some fantasy he's created to like kind of maintain his life you know to kind of maintain his sanity and the other way is that he's actually that he would turn out to be like because we got into that whole bit about like what's the role of man and everything that he would turn out to be like some incel and the movie might end with him shooting a bunch of people or something and i was i was afraid that it might try that i mean pg-13 you never know right yeah. just as long yeah. as you don't have blood um, but yeah, so she asked him, gay, and then she asked him, he's like, have you ever thought about me with less 
uh, with with several layers of undress like basically like have you ever thought about me naked like she she is just like haven't you ever wanted to fuck me like <laughs> and, she, and um she finally she confesses to like you know uh she says yes i kissed adam well he kissed me really so again emily blonde has nothing to, to apologize for he literally no, grabbed he, her face and kissed her he takes it just as seriously as she does like for him it's yeah. like oh my god you kissed him what did you do you harlot you terrible person and then she says i don't even want adam he smells like soap i want a man who stinks and he's like well thanks yeah thanks <laughs> um and then she says guys we come to it she says to him what did when we were kids what did you say to fiona that girl that you used to like to make her run away like that and he's like no i don't want to say it and he's like she's like what did you say he's like no i can't say it and she's like just tell me tell me what you said and nathan what does he say? I believe that I'm a honeybee. I believe that I'm a honeybee. Boom. There's no metaphor there. No. He believes he, he, he is. He believes he is transspecies. Yeah. yeah. She, she's like, wait, so you, 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 you want to be a bee? He's like, no, I think, I literally think that I am a honeybee. And I pause. Get in the, the movie. car. I'll drive you to the airport. <laughs> I paused the movie at this point, rewound it a few seconds because I was like, I missed something. <laughs> I, I missed something here. And now, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert, guys! I did not. Let's, let's let's be clear to the audience. This this type of condition exists, where people well, think they are this something. Movie, yeah, no, no, I, I just, I just want to be clear that we're not, we're not mocking this condition. I know uh, one of the French kings was like Louis the Sixteenth or something was like he believed he was made of glass. So this is a legitimate psychological condition that can exist. But, but yes, why? Is this the twist in this movie? <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't recontextualize anything. It's not like we saw him like buzzing around and eating a lot of, you know, getting piles of honey and shit like. He, but there's also the fact that we go all the shit that we've been joking about before. Him sticking his nose in the flower. Mm. The fact that he wouldn't kill the bee when he got the mail. Yeah. There was even a point where he's watching a documentary on honeybees. Yes, yes. Because we're walking, he's watching, and he walks in the room, and you see the bee on the TV. I noticed that, but I'm like, okay, so he's watching a documentary about bees, whatever. <laughs> I actually my thought was wait are they all a bunch of bees is this gonna be like an snl skit it's all gonna be fucking and we do find bees. out why if we, he had the uh the metal detectors because he'd actually taken his mother's ring and was going to go over the night that uh rosemary's mother passed away he was going to go over there and propose to her with the ring but stopped outside their house peered inside and whilst doing that lost the ring and he right. was trying to find the ring so he could again propose to her. So. And then we find out that um, I mean I know I'm skipping something and we'll go back to it, but we do find out that she's had it the whole time mm. uh, because she actually found it outside of her gate. So she mm. has it on a, on a on a little string around her neck. Um, so I mean that that does symbolize the whole thing of like wanting the ring and that she ha she is wearing the thing he wants, right? So that's mm. the whole idea of that. And all the while this is happening, her horse is going absolutely bananas in the uh, uh in the shed that she keeps him in and the, the door comes open and there was just a really great uh mst scene for me when the when the door finally opened waited a beat and then the horse's head popped into view on the door and i was like horse to action <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Also, I'm sorry, did you say it waited a beat? A beat? Oh, <laughs> maybe. Because she actually asked him oh, about uh, about stinging her, and I was like, "Ooh, oh, that's she can, that's yeah. on No, she says, "I'll drive you to the to the airport to pick up John Ham," and then she drives like a psychopath, trashes yeah. the car. Says, yeah, and she says, "Um, I think I'm a swan. Would that make me a bad wife?" And he says, "But you don't literally think you're a swan." And she's like, "Yes, I do." And I'm like, "Does she?" Is yeah. that the second twist? And then something about her being a flower and stinging her, and I'm like, you guys are heading into a well. Real... And her dad, the, the Not old to man. Kick shame if you're into that, but hey, it's, it's old, a weird thing to introduce in this movie. The old man, uh, when she was a kid too, called her a queen. Huh? Well, he huh? called her. He called her the swan, the swan queen. Yes, but he also called. Yeah, he called her queen too. But the queen also fits into the bee thing. I want to be part of this. By, by the way, by the way, the whole Swan Lake thing, I believe. According to the Swan Lake thing, she, she kills herself when her lover does not want to be with her. So that's an interesting tie into this too. It might actually, yeah, I wonder. She does in, talk about in, in all of this. Life. In all of this, I have just noted they just left John Hamm at the airport. Oh, he's yeah, he's abandoned. But she she <laughs> yeah. crashes into a tree, like you said, Nathan. And uh, they get out. <laughs> Thankfully, no one is hurt. Um, they get out, and they, they have that moment where he realizes she's wearing the ring. And then finally, they kiss. Because he realizes that the ring is with her, and must be what I want. They kiss, he carries her off. And we go back to the airport where Adam is stood up. And because he's made such a love connection on the airplane with that random Irish lass, uh, they, I guess they're, they're going to be a thing now. <laughs> it's and, lucky that she had free time. And, right? So long, horse! <laughs> yeah, the horse. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, she asked the... him. Where did she ask him? She asked him if he's ever seen something, and he's like, "Yeah, I have." And she's like, oh, "Would you like to see it again?" <laughs> <laughs> but he carries her off. They go to the bar and they start singing "Wild Mountain Time" together. And then every character in the movie is yeah. in the bar, making which, of course, it's obviously meant to be like a heightened reality. But every well, character in the movie, like John Hamm and that Irish girl in the it's bar, like the end of Walker, Jedi, man. Yeah. <laughs> it calls back though to earlier in the movie because he at one point talks about he's been having these strange dreams where he's like where everybody he's ever known or ever been is there. And I'm wondering if that's connected to that. And is that implying that he's either asleep and this is a dream he's having or that maybe he's dead or uh, uh, this is all some sort of uh, pointless exercise? I'll tell you this much. Um, this doesn't say much because I mean, I've cried at commercials, but this whole scene where they go through the montage of like, and we see like a bunch of characters that have passed. Yeah. I shed a few tears. I'm not going to lie. I don't know oh, what it was, right, but it got you're to sensitive me. boy. I, I, will say me, this, I, I found it interesting that, uh, the main love interest in a movie called wild mountain time spelled T H Y M E is Rosemary. <laughs> oh shit. If somebody had been named Parsley or Parsley Sage, Sage, I would have like, <laughs> like all right, good on you. Fair play. Fair play. Right as the credits are about to roll, Jamie Dornan is like, oh, by the way, my real name is Parsley and my dad's name is Sage. <laughs> and then Simon and Garfunkel sing the end theme song. God damn it. And that's that's the movie. Yeah. That's the movie with what? the twist being that Jamie Dornan is a fucking, thinks he's a fucking bee. Which is crazy and means nothing. No, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't it matter. It's absolutely delightful altogether. It's delightful, but like at the end of the day, all it is doing, it's like, 
it's like okay so he was crazy i guess here he was like he was he was impaired in some way he's clearly got some issues like that's it that's it well uh well we come to the end so jason as is tradition we're gonna go around the horn here so i'll ask you first jason was this movie worth a watch a drunk watch with friends would you attempt head trauma to forget it or would you avoid like the plague uh, that's a, that's a really hard one. Um, it is tough cause it's not a traditional bad movie in the no, sense. It's, it's, as I actually mentioned to Nathan during the pre-show, it, it has all the trappings of like a prestige Oscar Beatty kind of family drama type thing. Oscar Beatty, I'm, Warren's brother. Maybe, maybe would have gone with a different Christopher, say a plumber, uh, sure and, uh, were he not dead, but, yeah. uh, yeah. And, but I mean, I don't hate it. It's just. And I wouldn't say avoid it, so I guess I have to say a drunk watch with friends. This wouldn't be my first pick to watch drunk, but yeah, drunk Guinness, watch with your friends. Well, it's a Guinness and, and, and Jameson's. But pay it, but you, but you got to pay attention too, because you got to go through all this buildup for that ridiculous twist that means nothing, uh, and you need to feel that pain of like what? Yeah. So uh, yeah, drunk watch. Okay, Nathan, what do you think? I'm gonna say worth a watch. I'm gonna. I am gonna say though, the, this movie is based on a play. It is. So, a lot of the the clunky dialogue, which is which is a gripe that uh, apparently is is a thing for this movie, I was overlooking because I was only. I'm guessing that it was it was a carryover from the from the play, the dialogue in the play, and that they were kind of trying to mimic of like a, a very you know poetic or grandiose type uh speaking um for the dialogue so if you think of more like you know joyce or shaw things like that waiting for godot uh finnegan's wake that sort of thing there's a lot of stuff in in those things where they, those are great pieces but people do not talk like that no <laughs> So I, 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 I'm, I will recommend it if if you're in the same kind of – take it with, you know, that I'm in the vein of like I do like, you know, strange sounding dialogue and I'm a bit of a theater nerd too. Yeah, I mean I think it's, a, I think it's definitely a flawed movie. Like obviously mm. there are things that we pointed out that, that don't really – <laughs> don't really fl uh, fly but i mean i think it's a solid like you know i think it's a solid six out of ten three out of five whatever um i'm gonna say worth a watch too and i think i mean it it full-on made me cry once at least once so <laughs> it, it elicited emotion so there but you i go. will say this i have learned because i am uh, a pussy when it comes to these i'm gonna use a different word but I'm going to say this, though. I have learned that I am very vulnerable to, to the crying during movies. So I can't I have to erase that as a barometer of a movie being good from now on, because mm. it doesn't necessarily mean a movie is good just because it makes you cry. I just want to put that out there to the world. Absolutely. Um, you get like I, a, an Irish pipe or something that comes in and it's a little bit mournful and the tears, they can just yeah. start flowing. It can make you think of other things, too. Um, so I will say I, but I still say worth a watch. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> It's, it's insane right. it's a yes. crazy movie um and it's but you know what at the end of the day it's not harming anyone so what's the no. bother right just let it be its thing it's just let it be its thing and you know what everybody as as dodgy as the some of the irish accents are everybody is good in this movie like emily blunt is great in everything christopher walken is christopher walken you're gonna He's love him no matter what 
He's yeah. watchable, all right. And Jamie Dornan is fine. You know, it's fine. This, of course, oh. was the, uh, if, if you want to think about this again, because all movies in the same universe, this is the prequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. Or did we already talk about that? Yeah, we, we already did. talked yeah, about that. that. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was on the pre-show or on the podcast. My memory is very short. Guys, behind the scenes tidbit, there was a lot of technical difficulties on my end this week. <laughs> so Jason's not sure where this podcast started and where it ended. Uh, but we are going to take a brief break and we will be right back. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Raid podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hey, hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and X-Ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet. What were they thinking? And we're back. Yes, we're back. That's right. Yes. Oh, you think it's time for NPR? Oh, oh no. Hold on, Nathan. One second. Well, hello there, boys. I'm hosting this oh. segment here. Mother Superior. It's yes. so nice to see you. It's me, Mother Superior. And I'm hosting this segment because you, your boys aren't, your fellas aren't doing the NPR thing this week. And I appreciate that. No, no, yes, Milos. Milos, yes. Just give me a few minutes, please. Oh, Miss, Miss Superior, I am ready. You will beat me with potato, yes? Oh. Uh, yes, I'll do it later. Oh, I I look forward to it. But yes, now we're going to do some funny little limericks, are we? Yeah, right. We got ourselves some limericks here, uh, which is a, a poem, uh, which has a certain meter and time to it, uh, but it's also named after a beautiful, beautiful place in Ireland called Limerick. Jason, as the guest on this podcast, would you like to read your limerick? I would, and I apologize if I've uh, massaged the meter a bit, but I'm working best at it. I'm doing my, I'm doing my best. I'm working best, I'm doing my best, and I'm going to read you my limerick, so here we go. With the Irish, you always belong. They're honest and speak with a song. Even if ye be different, or a variant adherence, with even the bees, these merry drunks get along. All right, there, yes, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Slanger, slanger, everything. Okay, everybody, everybody calm down. All oh, right, sorry, sorry, we just had a bit of a drink. So, Nathan, Nathan, would you like to read I would absolutely be absolutely honored uh, to read me Limerick. Uh, go sort of look like this. <clears throat> there once was a movie, they say, that was based on an Irish play with more than one Yankee and a plot that was janky and made 90 minutes feel like a day. Oh, look at this what guy. Right? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, the Hydra. Okay. 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 Calm it down. All right. All right. Mother Spirit, right. do you have one for us? I as do, a, actually. Oh, I love that. As a, two guests on one episode. Okay, here's my limerick. And I also don't respect the meter 100%. <laughs> Twas a man named Shanley. For a fella where Blunt wanted manly. Twas a man or a bee named Dornan. Soon for Dakota he'd be hornin'. Thank you. You can get rowdy now. 
Do you did put you in it? It's it's A A B B A. You never you never took a course in that in school. Ow! Stop hitting me! Stop hitting me! Ow! Mother Superior! Oh no! You (laughs) promised me that! You promised that for me! I am very upset! I must leave now! I've got plenty more left in me, Milos! Oh! Oh yes! Uh, My safety word is uh, borscht! Oh! Oh hey guys! What did I miss? I was just in the bathroom. Did we do our haiku oh, yet? Let me tell you something. You missed a thing or two. I've got bruises. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I, anyway, uh, it's time for the low haiku. No, it's not. Uh, we we oh, did our limerick corner. It's God a different type of a different type of poetry this week. All right. Well, I guess I'm out. Um, Nathan, <laughs> we we talked about this movie with Jason here. Uh, what do we always say though? Well, Brendan, we me, we, we bunny lad, we always say here at what were they thinking? We says. Don't take a word for us. Oh, yes, yes. We head to the sacred ground of Rotten Tomatoes. What, uh, Nathan, what percentage of critics liked this movie? Only 29%. Okay, so almost a third. What about the audience? Well, they were a little more forgiven at 52. 52. Okay. But I sees this, I sees the splat and the popcorn bucket are both green. So I can only assume that that means they absolutely approve of this movie. Um, yeah, sure, let's go with that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's get into the critics' reviews here. Um, uh, the first one is a positive review from Angie Han from Mashable. And she says, as a romantic drama, it's total nonsense. But as an escape from reality, you could do worse. Well, Sarah Ward from Concrete Playground, she was less forgiven. And she writes, somehow, both bland and over the top. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Christy Lemire critic over at rogerebert.com, purveyor of fine film reviews. Uh, She says, over and over again, you won't know whether to feel baffled or amused, although by the end, the former feeling most assuredly dominates the latter. All right. Well, Jessica Kang from the playlist says, to be fair, to be fair, Nobody truly Irish would ever think that Guinness from from a bottle is going to be the same as a pint in a pub. Now, in to be fair, they do say in the movie that they say it's almost as good as from the pub. Maybe she's just saying that it's not even almost. I've never had like legitimate Ireland Guinness, but I've had Guinness on on tap here and Mm. it's it's close. Mm. It's delicious is what it is. That's right. I've had two of them this evening. So lucky, (laughs) lucky dog. Uh, Anne Brody from what she said, uh, wrote, my husband died to a shark, (laughs) sweet, but not saccharine, a bit corny and loaded with Ireland's green appeal. That was a positive review. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll go with, uh, Louisa Moore over at Screen Zealots. Nothing excuses how a project with such a strong cinematic pedigree could produce a film that totally misses the mark by such a wide margin. 1.5 right. out of 5 stars. 1.5 out of stars. Um, all right, my last critics review here is from Richard Krauss, uh, famously of the Cineplex pre-show. 
Richard Krause says, <laughs> unfortunately, it leads up to one of the most wackadoodle twists in rom-com history. It's so odd that you may forget Christopher Walken's massacre of the Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, trying to find the, one of the UK ones to see what the you know the British thought of it. All right, but this is allowed to be close enough. They're, they're, the, all the British ones just say, "I plead the fifth." <laughs> this is from Ty Burr, uh, not Burrell, but Burr, uh, from the Boston Globe, and uh, he writes, uh, "When it's all said and done, uh, the movie itself is for the birds." Jason, what do you got? One more critics review. Uh, one more critics opinion. Well, we'll go with uh, uh, Frank, Frank Switek over at One Guy's Opinion. Frank says, an exceedingly slender piece of romantic whimsy that may be ingratiating enough for those with a weakness for schmaltz with a Celtic component. That's enough of the professional critics. Let's get into the audience. Let's see what these folks thought. Uh, I'm assuming... Psychopaths. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, let's see here. Uh, so first one from the audience reviews, Perry C., who I, I can only assume is Perry Como. Four and a half out of stars. Really good movie. Christopher Walken and Emily Blount are great. Worth the watch. Well, uh, Love Emily Blount. <laughs> Sarah W. Uh, the only reason hers is nice and, and brief, but it, it almost sounds very British in that she wrote, It was rather boring. <laughs> one out of stars. Ooh, one out of stars. That's terrible. Uh, well, Robin H uh, gives this two out of stars. Uh, and Robin a little Hood. more. Well, yeah, Robin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's uh, uh, stealing from the uh, riches movies and watched it and realized it wasn't fit for the poor. But uh, he says, or she says, yuck, mockish, sentimental. Uh, sorry, let me try to take that again. Yuck. Mockish, sentimental, illogical trash. Even the brilliant Emily Blunt couldn't save it. And why did Jamie Dorton agree to play a moronic, impotent, gay idiot? Heaven knows. Came across just as a botched commercial for a fairy tale Ireland with hosepipe rain added. Uh, okay, well, this is a bit of a longer one, but I, I thought it was uh, pretty intense. This is from Catherine K. Catherine Keener. Okay just after being John Malkovich was filmed. Um, this is Swan Lake, but I also can consider it that it is more than just that. Everyone could be deemed societally crazy, but we choose to hide behind everything, other things just for show. Rosemary walks in on this, walks on this divide with her longing for Anthony and fling with Adam. She herself lives in a world she's created, but has some sort of longing to experience the other side. There is pleasure in being considered normal by everyone else. Anthony worries that something is wrong with his mind, but he sees what most people do not, that we do not understand our own minds. They both live in sadness because they don't want to draw attention to themselves for being strange. But being strange is what we all are. Or perhaps in this movie, the Irish... <laughs> We see that truly Anthony and Rosemary are a perfect match because they can be themselves and accept each other for their true person. The ending of this movie is not at all a crazy twist, but instead a representation of what it means to be human. The symbols in this movie, the tree, bee, swan, horse, etc., represent that when we are truly one with nature, we can accept... <laughs> What we're actually meant to be. We can live in both worlds, so to say. Truly strange but enjoyable movie. Perhaps if you don't understand, 
you also cannot accept human nature to be as odd and peculiar as it actually is. And that is four and a half out of stars. Okay. Wow. wow. Well, I, I, I don't know if I can follow this up, but I'm going to give it a shot here. Uh, John H. So I can only assume it's John Hamm himself. <laughs> I was in this. Five stars. Right. Beautifully filmed and well written. Five out of stars. <laughs> Nothing about the acting. <laughs> We've got a bit of a bit of a rant here from uh, Melissa F. Melissa writes, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Melissa Fumero was... from Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's the one. Uh, this was a C level script played by A list celebrities. I see it was adapted from a play. I could believe the play was fun to watch live in a quirky, whimsical way, but that did not translate into film. I almost turned this off every 15 minutes or so, but was like, no, this has to get better. It did not. What was wrong? The plot was too simple and also excruciatingly stupid. Socially awkward, inept farmer who thinks he's an insect, for real, is afraid to talk to the girl next door. Girl next door is in love with him for absolutely no reason at all. Uh, if these were children, it might be endearing, but they are 40-year-old adults, and it literally makes no sense. The acting was so bad, largely because the scripts were terrible, and then I'm sure this director made it worse i guess covid really lowered the standards for what these otherwise talented actors would accept for work don't waste your money you'll be able to watch this for free in a few months guaranteed half out of stars i like how that review assumes they filmed it during covid yeah <laughs> Which, no they did, absolutely did not probably not <laughs> mark j says movie critics need a head check wild mountain time is pure gold it's my favorite movie of the last year Yes, it's quirky, but not to a fault. Quirky is good when done right, and it's done to perfection here. Uh, it starts slowly, builds in both comedy and emotion through the middle, and the outstanding ending. Unlike most Hollywood romantic comedies of the last 20 years, Wild Mountain Time respects the audience. It doesn't telegraph where it's going, keeps you guessing, and isn't manipulative in either the emotional or comedic payoffs. And both payoffs are big. Unlike movies that critics loved, like Crazy Rich Asians, which was a terrible movie. Which is not true. That movie's fantastic. Um, other than Walken's on and off Irish accent, both the acting and the script were stellar. If you like movies like this, Room with a View, or Moonstruck, you'll love Wild Mountain Time. It is pure gold. Critics, get your heads checked. Five out of stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Room with a View, Jason. Mm, wow. Name, name Interesting comparison. The other podcast. Well, you want to see Room with a View? Watch Room with a View. There you go. You'll do better. <laughs> uh, my one here is uh, Jessica S. So I'm assuming it's Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Uh, writes, absolutely beautiful film. Ireland is the star. Not perfect, but certainly takes you to a beautiful place. Writing by JPS is like hearing poetry. Wonderful performance by Blunt, as always. Dornan shines as Anthony. Very different from other roles. Is awkward. Funny. Touching. Walken has a weird Irish accent, however, brings warmth to his character. Deborah Malloy and John Hamm both underused. Excellent actors, fun, heartwarming, magical, worth watching in these crazy times. Four out of stars. I like wow. how every review, no matter how positive or how negative, still mentions Walken's got a weird Irish accent going on. You gotta, you gotta mention it for sure. Uh, we have one more for me here. Uh, this is from Stephen M. So I assume this is my father that wrote this. Uh, oh, I thought it was Stephen Miller. Bear that in mind. Or Stephen, Steve Miller, Stephen Nugent, one of them. Um, so the uh, review reads, Stop the 
madness. Americans will never understand how bad this nonsense is. This is not Ireland. It is a made-up fantasy land that dumbass Americans believe to be a true depiction. The accents are horrendous. Even the one Irish lad had to change his northern accent into a dumbed-down American version of the Irish-to-be-sure accent. Hollywood needs to stay out of Ireland. You just can't get it right. Half a, half out of stars. Oof. All right. Well, I do have one more here. Um, it's very short, but it's from Nancy H., which I can only assume is Robin Hood's wife, Nancy Hood. Nancy Hood. Um, all capital <laughs> letters. All capital letters. I loved it. Made me cry. No language. No sex. Great music. Five out of stars. Wow. Okay. <laughs> she got what she wanted, I guess. <laughs> Which is usually something you you would see in a in a British movie because no sex or British. <laughs> Unless you're talking about uh, Women in Love, which has a great uh, naked wrestling scene. Okay. Not sex, but it's almost sex. It's pretty close to sex. I got another Stephen M. I don't think it's the same Stephen M. So <laughs> who did you say it was Steve Miller in the last Steve one? Steve Miller or Steve my Miller? dad? Uh, well, Stephen Mnuchin. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, nice scenery and enjoyed Emily Blunt. It's a slow moving for the first half with a few touching scenes. The last 30 minutes have good romantic scenes. And the last scene did bring tears to my eyes. A long ride of a movie. It was Irish sensibility. It is not a bad movie, but perhaps it's not for everyone. You need to like romances to appreciate it. I'm Steve Mnuchin. I thought at the end you were going to say, now, excuse me, there are delegates waiting in my office. I do need to leave now. Are you <laughs> letting me leave? Are you, are you, wait, hold on. <laughs> Oh, and sorry, <clears throat> three and a half out of stars. Okay, perfect. Not bad, not bad. Jason, send uh, us home. Send us home. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go straight to the point. Martha W., who I assume is speaking in a in a very fastidious British accent, says Martha Washington. Total slow, incomprehensibly narrated, childishly childishly written, almost unwatchable tribe. One and a half out of stars. Perfect. <laughs> Delightful. And there we go. Guys, we did it. We conquered the wild mountain time. Um, we should now uh, quickly hint at what we're going to do next week, Nathan. So if you want to drop that hint, go right ahead. I'll be back. And so will I. And me too. Perfect. There you go. That's what's coming up next week. Now, Jason, thank you for being on this program. A pleasure as always, gentlemen. I'm always happy to be here and, 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 and like I say, you know, lower myself to your level here in the trenches watching the shit from my Fuck high cloud you. where I get to watch Matter and Life and Death and Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, but, you know, it's nice to come down here and, and just kind of sit in the shit with you stink bogs and, and, and you know, remember what it's like. You're a little confrontational, aren't you? <laughs> oh, Jason, like are you trying guy. to are you trying to tell me that you also are part of another podcast? No, no, he already plugged that garbage earlier. Why, in fact, Brendan, I am, and in boo, boo, it's called for screening or, country. Yes, uh, and then we talk about uh, uh, something a little more erudite, a little more special. Sounds and, like a stupid uh, podcast for jerks. 
Well, you know what? Uh, you aren't allowed to subscribe to our Patreon when we launch. Good. It, so good. I won't then. Fine. But check us out at BFI underscore pod. You can check out me at Jason D. McLeod over on Twitter. Stop by, say hello. You can find our podcast on all the podcatchers and find us over on ageofradio.com. No matter what Nathan says, we're there for you. That's our motto. For Screen and Country, we're there for you. Ageofradio.org. Just wanted That's to throw right. that out there. Oh, oh ageofradio.org. Uh, so, um, with that being said, um, Nathan, you got questions to ask us at this point, eh? Yeah, I do. I'm actually there, fella. Um, you know, in these trying times, gentlemen, we're all doing our best, uh, to stay home and stay safe. And you got to occupy that time whilst you're staying home. So I simply must ask to uh, eat it. What is, eh, what you watching, bud? Yeah, Jason, what you watching, bud? What am I watching? I am watching The Expanse on Amazon. It is a fantastic science fiction television program that is incredibly consistent uh, and also attempts to be as realistic as possible, which is interesting for a space show because I'm a guy that, you know, grew up on Star Trek and and stuff like that. And they're not exactly uh, slaves to physics, but uh, The Expanse tries that. And uh, combined with some drama, it's fucking great. So check it out. There you go. Second, our second uh, recommendation for the expanse on this Ooh. program. Uh, Nathan, what about uh, what about you? What are you watching, bud? Well, I, funnily enough, uh, this week I found a, a little uh, a, a British show um, or Irish, I'm not sure, that you were able to to go through quite quickly. It's free on Tubi, and it's called London Irish. Uh, think of it like. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but with 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 drunken Irish twenty somethings. It's always foggy in Dublin. It, well, no, <laughs> because they're living in London, so it's always oh. foggy in London. Okay, that works yeah. too. Very good. All right, London Irish. London Irish. Six episodes. You'll burn through it in in a day. So. Okay. Well, if you want to know what uh, what I'm watching, bud? I wouldn't mind to know what she's been watching there, bud. Well, I uh, I finally got around to watching a movie from last year that I had wanted to check out for quite some time called Palm Springs. Uh, it is a movie starring Andy Samberg, um, sort of Groundhog Day-esque, where the plot is, uh, you know, someone reliving the, the same day over and over again. But it's a little bit different than that. There, 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 are, there are some changes other than that. It's not just Groundhog Day. Uh, but it has Andy Samberg and Christine Malata, and I might be mispronouncing her name, but she's great. And uh, J.K. Simmons also has a very funny role in the, in the movie. Um, you can watch it on Amazon Prime, and it's free on Prime in Canada and probably the U.S., but I might be wrong. But watch it's an it anyway. Amazon original, so I think it's... Is it? Okay. Yeah, I think it's everywhere on Amazon. Okay, well then watch it on Prime, you heathens. <laughs> but that is it. Um, is Montrose there to say a few words? <laughs> yes, actually, on this very Irish episode, let's get the... Uh, the, the British chimp. One moment. Hello! It's good friend Montrose Monkington III here. And I would just like to say that I fully endorse this movie. Uh, I am not the kind of British who will, will slag on uh, the Irish. Uh, I, I say I feel that we all can be a united kingdom. And even if that's not something that you want, I still feel that we are some sort of uh, a brotherhood of man or, or chimp. In my case, uh, but with all that aside, I, I'm inviting uh, you, uh, your listeners, uh, be they British or Irish or Canadian or what have you, 
uh, to my YouTube channel, Montrose Mankington TV on the YouTube. Uh, it's mostly some archive stuff right now, as uh, this whole pandemic thing has kind of hampered my ability uh, to get out and do things, and also to have po people over to my place uh, to enjoy the wrestling pay-per-views. Uh, but do enjoy my archive there. Uh, you can also uh, be friends with me on Facebook, uh, the group Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends. And then finally, of course, you can tweet at me on the Twitter box at Montrose the Third. That's the number three R D. Thank you. More later. Wonderful. So we come to the end of another episode, and I just want to say um, real quick to um, Listener's Choice Month is coming up in June. So if you haven't uh, sent us your picks yet, just go on our Facebook page or our Facebook group. Uh, there are pretty, um, pretty straightforward instructions there on on submitting your picks so do that and give us some give us some crap to wade through in june it should be a lot of fun <laughs> uh but other than that uh, you can find us on facebook just search for what were they thinking you can find us on twitter and instagram at wwtt podcast uh where our home base is on age of radio big time Go to age of... screen and country <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> oh, go age of radio age of radio.org and uh, find us there. Uh, we're also on all the other podcast apps as well. Whatever you use, we're there. Find us. We're on Redbubble, TeePublic, Patreon.com, slash podcast. You can go there as well. Um, but as for... Uh, and there's lots of bonus episodes on there as well, by the way, um, and more to come. But that being said, Nathan, do you have any final questions about this movie? Um, I suppose, I mean, I'm, it's pretty flawless. But... Don't I send mean, them all in Skype emojis. I, I got. I do have. To, I do have to. I guess there's a couple of qualms. I guess. I mean, with a with a movie, uh, where they've got you know Christopher Walken, uh, doing an Irish accent, uh, and not the first time in his his career, I believe, and and, and with a movie where you hire a a, a British lady uh, to be Irish. And, and in a movie uh, where the most realistically Irish thing going on is a, a, a fight over a ditch, I simply have to ask, really? A honeybee? What were they thinking? Now the summertime's coming And the flowers are
were gone I would surely find another To pull wild mountain time All around the blooming heather Will you call a sea?